on the phone, I have a very special guest. I've been looking forward to this for a while. It's the vocalist from Enterprise Earth, Dan Watson. Dan, how are you feeling today, my man? I'm feeling excellent. Good to hear. We, we have a lot to cover, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, I'm sure I could spend yeah. a few hours asking questions, and I know you probably get this question asked every time you walk into a room. Uh, you've posted about this on social media, and I think fans would love to know what exactly happened between you and Infinite Annihilator. So to start off, how did you get involved with Infinite Annihilator? Ah, um, long story short, um, at the time I was living in Indiana, and I was kind of in and out of local bands, um, and I ran ran into some trouble, and basically, you know, got tied down with um, some things, and um, I don't know, I had to quit my band, uh, the band that I was performing live for at the time, it was called Betrayer, and I had to quit, um, so basically, I don't know, I was looking for something that I could do in my spare time that wasn't so demanding, that was more like just having fun, and so I was on Facebook, uh, searching for bands for a few days, um, just looking for projects that were internet-based, because, um... I've seen in the past that that's worked out for some people. I've have I have my own recording gear, so it's uh, you know it works out that way. It's easier almost sometimes um, to find musicians that are not around you to work with uh, because sometimes if you're just looking in your area, you're more limited to what's available. Mm-hmm. So with the internet, you could kind of um, step outside that limitation and find people uh, that are anywhere in the world, basically. Um, so technology's brought us that far. Uh, so I was looking for a while for a band that I could just work on for fun, and I found Infinite Annihilator's Facebook page uh, with like less than a thousand likes on it. And I listened to a couple instrumentals, and I was like, "Yeah, this is uh, perfect for my voice. Like, my vo- I can put my voice over this, and it sounds tight." Um, so I hit him up and was basically like, "Yo, guys." Um, I'm not looking for anything serious, obviously, because you guys are located in England and I'm in America, but um, I'd love to at least like throw some vocals over one of your instrumentals and have some fun with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Aaron, the drummer, hit me back up, and he's like, yeah, man, just send me an instrumental, and he's like, just have fun with it. So uh, he sent me Capitation Fornication. Uh, I think that's probably one of our more popular songs, I guess. But he sent me that song, the instrumental for that. I just kind of had fun with it kind of vented into it because at the time I didn't have much time to myself I didn't have much time to record or do music so uh, basically I was working on stuff on uh, lunch break at work so I had like an hour I'd go home and just have some fun with it and then you know have a piece of the song done so I had about like half the song recorded and I sent it to him and I was like eh, but how do you guys feel about this like do you guys um, think I should continue further with it and uh, they were like hell yeah, like, they gave me a few pointers on what I did already. After that, they're like, yo, so we have, like, 10 or 11 more songs recorded, and we were wondering if you wanted to do vocals over all the songs, and I was just like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of songs to do on my lunch breaks. (laughs) Um, But I was pretty excited about it, because just releasing um, the single, Capitation Fornication, uh, 
you know, kids got pumped and were excited about it. And there was a lot of hype. I don't know. I was just like, basically, sure. I mean, I have nothing else better to do. But we didn't, I mean, like, basically, when I stepped into the project and decided to do it, I was just doing it for fun. But basically, like, kids got excited and took it really seriously. So I ended up dedicating myself to it and getting the whole album done. So that's kind of how that worked out. And started out as fun and basically there wasn't any hype behind it at the time when it started off none of us really were thinking about the business aspect of it later so mm-hmm. um i mean that ties into other things later but yeah that's basically how it came about um just some internet fun that wasn't pornography <laughs> <laughs> now that album is actually how i discovered you as a vocalist and them uh, as musicians once that album came out how did you feel about the songs? Uh, after I got, I, I pretty much like took my time on the first like four songs, four or five songs. And, you know, like I said, I only had my lunch break to record. So I'd go home on my lunch break. I've already had like pre-written lyrics from while I was at work. I'd go home and then track on my lunch break. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically after I got like four songs in, uh, Aaron hit me up and he was like, yeah, so we have an official release date now. Cause I had brought up the idea of releasing the album on 12, 12, 12. And they just thought that was an amazing idea, so they pushed for it. And I didn't really think it was going to be a big deal, but all of a sudden, since that was going to be the new release date, that meant I had like very, very little time to finish the rest of the song. So I actually had to rush through most of the songs. And at the time, I was not very skilled with recording or production, so basically I was really inexperienced, and I just did my best. So like... How I felt after it was released, um, let's just say I cringed. <laughs> I cringed a lot um, just because I could hear every little flaw from being an amateur um, compared to like professional albums that were being released that year. And people were saying, like, oh, well, you guys have the album of the year. But I was thinking, like, yeah, but I recorded these vocals in my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you're, you're, you're going to be your biggest uh, critic no matter what as well. Always, yeah, always. So... After the album's out, there's a music video out as well. Uh, it seems like you made this more of your band uh, pushing the release, uh, having the release date 12, 12, 12, uh, hitting the members up from Infinite Annihilator yourself and laying uh-huh. on the vocals. What exactly happened with leaving Infinite Annihilator? Um, it, was, it was a rough choice. Uh, basically, what happened was um, everything I did, like, I, I didn't really hold back on the album at all, because honestly, I didn't think that people would listen to that. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought that people would dismiss it, think it's another generic deathcore garbage release. Um, and on top of that, you know, just my lack of experience as a engineer and someone who does production, um, I thought people were just gonna shit all over it. But it actually uh, blew up pretty big and really fast, like way faster than I've seen a lot of bands blow up. Like, and I was pretty scared to be honest because I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, this is blowing up bigger than when I tried as hard as I could to blow up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. finally, the one time that I sit down and I just have fun with something and just don't give a fuck, finally that actually starts to blow up. So it was weird for me, but um. So I saw it start to blow up, 
and then it came to the point where um, money started to come in. Uh, album sales, uh, and then afterwards, later, there was, like, merchandise sales. And basically, um, since the beginning, uh, I didn't really have any ties into the business aspect of the band. And um, so I didn't, you know, I didn't really have much of a say-so in anything. I couldn't pick designs. I couldn't, um, you know, the next album, just like, I had little control. It wasn't really my band. I was more of like a fill-in vocalist. Uh, just like I would be treated as if um, I was a fill-in drummer on a tour or a fill-in artist on any tour. So basically, uh, the bigger we got, the more the money started to roll in, and I wasn't any part of anything contractually. So I had no, I have never signed a contract with them. I haven't signed a contract with a label with them. I haven't signed any agreements with uh, merchandise. Um, Nothing. So basically, um, I didn't know what was going on financially. And on top of that, I haven't received not one document um, of any sales reports or anything like that. So automatically, right off the bat, I saw the potential of the band and how it could blow up huge. Um, bigger, basically as big as I've always dreamed since I was a little kid. Um, and I saw that opportunity. But then I saw also the opportunity to get fucked even more than I already have been while being in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, if I were to just shut my mouth about the finances and keep building the band and building my own name, um, basically what I'm doing is I'm filling their pockets with money that we earn together. And then on top of that, I'm not gaining any control in the band. So basically, I'm, I'm like making these two guys grow, I'm growing their careers, I'm growing their pockets, their finances, and I'm sitting there, and basically the only thing I'm walking away with is a slight bit of credit for doing the vocals. Because to be honest, before, when Decapitation Fornication, the music video was released, uh, basically I wasn't in the music video. So that blew up pretty big, but no one knew who did the vocals. Right. Um, if if you would have seen the video before you knew who I was, you probably would be like, okay, one of those two guys does the vocals. So yeah, um, I was pretty much invisible. On top of that, I had no rooting in the finances. I had no ownership in the band. Basically, I was a fill-in. And the more I contributed to the band, I was just contributing to those guys and their careers and nothing for myself. So at the time, I was also, I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't on social media. Um, I'm pretty much like a recluse. Like, I pretty much don't like putting myself out there, I guess. But that's part of the territory. So um, before I actually quit the band, I decided that I would do some covers. Like, I did a Chelsea Green cover. I did a Vail Maya cover. Um, basically, to come out of invisibility, come out of the shadows, I guess you could say. I made those covers just so I would have something on YouTube that said featuring Dan Watson of Infinite Annihilator. And that was my first little uh, stepping stone towards putting my name out there and actually getting credit for what I did with that band. And it wasn't their doing, it was all myself. Um, So that's basically how the split went. I just, as much as 
people might say that I was a part of Infinite Annihilator. I really wasn't uh, when it comes down to the politics. Well, my man, I'm sorry that all that happened, and I'm glad that you feel a little bit better stepping out of there and with your new band and stuff like that. Um, you deserve all the credit in the world for your vocals on that album. You do guest vocals all the time, and I don't know. It's kind of a shitty situation, but you just kind of move I on. I mean, it's, it's shitty, but to be honest, like, I mean, I could hate them all I want, but to be honest, it's not going to do anything. Like, I just kind of had to reevaluate the situation and kind of see their perspective. Mm-hmm. And basically, I mean, it's as shitty as it seems, basically what I kind of gathered from it was um, they thought that I was just easily expendable. And and that makes sense to me because, I mean, when there's a bunch of money all of a sudden rolling in out of a project you didn't expect to blow up, and then all of a sudden all the cash is sitting in front of you and you have to divvy it up evenly to a third party, but that party is all the way in the U.S., and there's really no legal limitations or um, accountability. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess, like, if I was a shitty person, I would, I would do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You know? Well, you, I think, not that my opinion is super great or anything like that, but I think you made a very smart decision and moved on. Um, how did you feel after leaving the band? Um, to be honest, I was uh, scared shitless. Um, I was afraid that I was going to go back into the kind of, I guess, revolving door of what I was doing before Infinite Annihilator and trying my hardest and amounting to nothing. Um, so basically, when I thought, like, I was, I was kind of sold on the fact that maybe I was expendable because maybe I wasn't really, you know, like, valuable. Um, and so that was, like, my own mental uh, struggle after the band. Just, like, you know, when when you, something blows up like that and then you get discarded but and treated like you're nothing, you know, you just kind of, like, start to kind of believe it yourself a little bit. Or at least hint towards the idea that maybe it's true. And so when I left the band, I just thought, you know, you know, those fears kind of came into action and just um, came to haunt me a little bit. And I thought maybe that that was going to be the enemy. But, you know, like every entrepreneur, every uh, person that does something great, I feel like they have to make those risks in order to achieve greatness. And I don't think Infinite Annihilator is my greatness. I just think that was one stepping stone. And I definitely don't want that to be my greatness. You know what I mean? So... I'm still trying to work my way towards that, as scary as it may be. Because, um, you know, just like in the music industry, tomorrow I could be nothing. Um, tomorrow any band could be nothing. It's just, you know, it's a scary thing. It's a very cutthroat business. So moving out of Infinite Annihilator, and a little bit after that, you started up a new band called Enterpriser, which, killer, killer music, killer vocals, killer band. How did Enterpriser start up? It's kind of like a perfect sequence of questions because uh, Enterprise Earth was a band that me and um, DJ Sampson had formed um, from scratch. Um, after I quit the band, I was looking really hard to find a partner, to find someone or a group of guys that I could work with that not only could we blow up with because we all have the talent, but also guys that I could trust and people that I could count on so that when we do blow up, I'm surrounded by people that are on my team, you know, mm-hmm. and not for themselves. So Enterprise Earth was kind of like 
a way of proving to myself that I don't need, you know, Infinite Annihilator. I don't need to claim that as my band. Like, it's, it's basically a proof to myself that, you know, they're not the only reasons that band succeeded and that I was a part of it. So, um, to be honest, like, when we started the band, I wasn't sure if it was going to go anywhere. I was just going to, you know, bet everything I had on it, <laughs> regardless. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what Enterprise Earth is now. It's um, pretty much just like a, a big fuck you and also <laughs> proof to myself that, you know, I'm not fucking useless and I'm not expendable. It's a great attitude to have. Um, anything you want to say to fans before we sign off? Um, yeah, I mean, they're the reason I'm here. Uh, they're the reason I have a voice today. They're the reason that I'm still doing music. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank them. I just want to thank every single one of them. <laughs>